This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Amba. Hi, I'm Jessie. And this is Glowing in Tech, powered by Coding Black Females. Amazing. So today we'd like to welcome Ife, and Ife is a software engineer at Vodafone, and the common theme in her somewhat varied career has been that she's using insights and technology to innovatively solve real-world problems. Now we're going to move on to our tech topic in 10, and this is an opportunity for Ife to try and introduce and explain a technical topic in 10 minutes or less. No pressure. And it's something to do with something that you've specialised in work, and the aim is for it to be like a little bit of a lightning talk so that you can demystify an area for people who aren't so familiar with the concept. So what's your, your topic today? I think I would like to talk about behavioural science. Amazing. So, bag, yeah, it? I love oh, behavioral science. Is it? Oh, <laughs> I love that. Wait, so am I just going to talk to you guys? Or yeah, just yeah, yeah. For, and for we will we try and we will ask questions. Yeah, and please, interject. please do. I would, I would need it. <laughs> um, so I guess I was introduced to behavioural science more from the economic side, which I think it's its most like popular um popular like implementation Mm -hmm. so that's basically removing the um assumption that humans are logical which a lot of um because we're not which a lot of economic models are based on and like bringing human behavior into that and so actually my dissertation do you know it's weird when you like look at your life kind of makes sense and it just wasn't Mm. making sense at the time Mm -hmm. so my dissertation for economics was actually looking at her behavior and the adoption of online platforms and like online technologies and why suddenly you see like it's always like a herd of like of like of there's like there's waves there's like technology waves and it's always like in waves it's never just kind of like one person starting or two it's like thousands herds essentially um so yes behavioral science when you were introducing behavioral science to your team at Vodafone what was the context around that and why were you introducing that to them thank you for asking that question (laughs) (laughs) um so basically they had done a survey before I had started and they had these kind of targets that they wanted to get and part of it was changing people's mindset so they started this thing called a kaizen which is like a Japanese word for like improvement and so they wanted to like it was like a people improvement program and so the first thing that they wanted us to do was focus groups and but they really wanted it to be like in a behavioral sense so not just looking at people's answers but also looking at like how they move when they answer it or that kind of thing so what I really did was like consulting the focus group so one thing that I brought in which was quite behavioral was like um an icebreaker so um (laughs) you're like an icebreaker that's like everyone uses icebreaker but it'd be like linked to the topic so um describe the team and like uh, um and what color pops to your mind when you think about the team or like what animal pops to your mind when you think about the team and i think everything that was said in those icebreakers even though they seem kind of separate was linked to what we were talking about which i thought was like really interesting and then another thing was in terms of surveys Mm. so like the time of day that you ask someone something can affect that answer or even just the order that you ask it like mm-hmm. if you ask like what is your name and how old are you and something something if you just it could just basically affect 
and you might not be giving the most honest answer. And so I think if you kind of randomize the order in which you give a survey and it just basically it's it's just interesting to see different different answers like uh, compared to like a control group if that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah absolutely so, absolutely because yeah. people will be more like primed and biased to answer in exactly. a certain way based on the things that they've already shared about themselves yeah so why do you think it's important in technology now and the things we're building to include behavioral science theory in in our products i think it's so interesting so sorry another thing about the team that i was in was that it was um office it so basically the IT that the employees in Vodafone use. Mm -hmm. And so obviously the pandemic kind of nudged everyone into online. Even though there were always talks about the digital workplace, it's like every single workplace had to be digital. You didn't have a choice. And I think that was really interesting to see the effect of that. So nudging is like um, you can nudge someone to do something. So for example, if I say like the same reasons why we use like green for thumbs up and like red for thumb, thumbs mm -hmm. down. If I put a red thumbs down, if I put a red thumbs up and a green thumbs down, you would think before you like did yeah. something. So mm. green as a color is already just telling you to go. Yeah. So the pandemic basically acted like as like a nudge, like a kind of macro nudge affecting everyone to go into the digital workplace. Whereas before you might have had to find a way to maybe like people that are kind of more used to the ways of working you'd have to find like a, a another way to like nudge them into that. Mm. And so I think in terms of tech, in terms of products, like when you're making new features and stuff like that, like I don't know if this is technically behavioral, but I know Instagram do like A slash B testing. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you like don't have a choice. You have to kind of use it. You know what I mean? Instagram's mm. kind of told you. So I think there are those things as well. But something I thought was interesting as I was thinking about this was like how behavior was looking at how people actually behave and then you've got like machine learning which is looking at like people like using actual data to kind of train models and i think there's definitely links there in the sense of like you can actually get data on people's behavior and like put that into your into your um technology or your product etc so i think i need to probably do more reading on behavioral and like machine learning and how like those two kind of fit together but it's a very exciting space. It is, it like is. constantly changing. Yeah, um, definitely. It is really exciting. And it's like even the way that it's being used, because we were previously speaking about like when it's used for good and bad. Like we were talking about watching The Great Hack, where it was essentially a documentary shedding light on a company that used people's data that they collected from social media almost against them and targeted them with certain ads and certain information, which like um, led to very extreme views. So things like people actually thinking the earth is flat yeah. and like uh, misinformation based on like, um, so the left would see all the bad sides of like Donald Trump and the, the right would see all the great things yeah. and like saying, oh, he's right. And oh, this is a great point because this is happening, which is essentially just spread using our data to spread like misinformation and almost um, entice people to vote in a certain way. So. Some people are given a lot of information about Brexit yeah. that weren't necessarily true, mm. which enticed people to actually vote yes to Brexit. And so it's interesting to hear that um, companies are using it because at the end of the day, they want people to buy into their products. Mm. And they're using our data and analysing our behaviour to say, okay, you want this. And as a user, you don't want any ad. Like, I, you're not going to entice me to go to... Where's someone I would not want to go to? Okay, like... <laughs> 
Oh, I can't think of an example of somewhere I wouldn't want to go. Okay. I wouldn't want to go to the Sahara Desert, let's be honest. But if I'm getting, <laughs> like, a general, like, travel email saying, travel to the Sahara Desert, that ain't happening. But if you know from my behaviour what I'm interacting with on, like, social media from, like, the data points that you've collected, you'll know that if I see a picture of Bali Girl... I'll be clicking at <laughs> it, you know? And so it's interesting the fact that people are almost resisting this, like, um, collection of my data, what are you doing with it? At the same time, not necessarily taking active steps into what that really means and what they, how they can control it, because yeah. it's a very, very big topic. But then also wanting to see more personalised ads and things that actually resonate with them, rather than, like, anything that you spruce out to everyone. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I think that... Um, nudges and behavioral science don't always have to be used to like a sinister way it can be like an improvement a behavioral improvement so mm -hmm. for example like the way that we now use smart tech and health tech yeah. and we've got the the fitness apps on our yeah. on our wrists that tell us that we've been sitting down too long and all those kinds of things those are all nudges that yeah. are trying to improve our quality of life and our yeah. behaviors and like i know that there are people that are now able to, yeah, improve their quality of life without having to think about it so much because they've got the assistive tech to, yeah. Yeah. to do it for them. It's definitely what you said. Like, I think everything that can be used for good can be used for bad. Yeah. Mm. Um, and like, what you mentioned about, like, the Trump thing and stuff, it's like, that's com confirmation bias, basically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's kind of in the name, I guess, if you see something that you're thinking, or for example, if you're, like, doing a, a study or a survey, you need to be really aware that you're not... And this is linked to another thing in terms of like why I'm really interested in not just coding but also talking to customers. Like I'm yeah. generally really passionate about customer-driven products because I think as an engineer, or as a scientist, whatever, you can always see what you want and like what you theorize. Mm. And if you're asking questions that are leading people to think that, who are you really doing justice there? Mm. So I think I think um, in terms of behavioral science, the more you learn about it, the more kind of aware you are about yeah. it then the less it can have like not that it's tricking you because it's literally just looking at how we behave as humans but the less the more you can undo it's potentially negative or like misleading yeah. effect yeah 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 yeah. there's a book and it's called how to break up with your phone i think i told you yeah, about you that did. You did. and it's just like basically again undoing the parts of um the human behavior that are so automatic which is why we spend so much time like on tech and i think tech is great and your phones are great but we actually do need to give like our eyes a rest and i guess it's mm. like positive nudges as jesse was saying to s make more and more more steps to you actually using your phone behaviors that are so automatic mm. adding more steps to those sorts of behaviors and actions um just encouraging you to think more before yeah. doing so we would definitely recommend that book i need that book we need that book. <laughs> I was we supposed to bring it, but <laughs> oh, I'm basically yeah. moving. But I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, yeah we'll I had already all. packed it up. Yeah, cool. yeah we'll put yeah. it all in the show notes. Amazing. So, are you ready for the tech tea? Yes. So, Let me take a sip of let's my... take a sip of our <laughs> nice tea, Amber. Thank you. So, it's time for tech tea. Ife is going to be introducing a controversial take on something in the industry. And so, yeah, can you tell us? What a controversial take is. Yes. I have a question for you guys. Okay. Is every company that uses tech a tech company? Oh. Thinking this is of a certain hard fintech one. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that a lot of companies want to position themselves as a tech company. But when there's an intersection, so for example, like fintech banks, um, it's like, what is your priority? 
are you prioritizing the tech or are you prioritizing the finance? Yeah. And I think that tech is almost like a sexy word now. Mm. Yes. Like it's so sexy. It's just like, oh, we want to be tech because it just means, it almost speaks to itself in terms of innovation, new, and something that people want to buy into. Yeah, and who's who's leading who's leading the business decisions? Is it the yeah. tech teams or is it not? Yeah, and are you prioritizing the tech teams and listening to them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because if you want to position yourself as a tech company, we're assuming that you're listening to the tech people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes that isn't the case. Absolutely. So it's actually funny that you should say that because I was working in tech PR, as I said. Yeah. And another thing that like kind of pushed me out was so the companies I mentioned. Whenever it was like something a bit more sexy, so say like um, with Fitbit, they were tech when it came to the business side, like mm. under our remit of tech PR. But when it was like the actual gadgets and doing the kind of influencer things, it would go to the consumer side. Same thing with the like fintech companies when it was um, more, they were basically either be um, corporate or tech. And it just seemed like tech was kind of like, in terms of a PR sense, we were just kind of given like the shreds, <laughs> like mm. like the bits that like no one else kind of yeah. wanted to do. Because I think um, I was at a talk and someone said, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't call a company now an an electricity company. Whereas there are times where like when electricity, I know it sounds like what well, electricity's always mm. been a thing, but when it was just becoming a thing, I guess the last the last kind of revolution, companies that were really good with electricity, that was their like competitive positioning mm. so they would be seen as electricity companies whereas it's like now every company uses like electricity like it's not it's you're not you don't have anything special yeah and i think that's the same way with with tech now it's like every single company will have an element of tech so i think it's what you said like who are you really listening to yeah and then so in terms of that how do you feel about people who say i work in tech yeah, I said, okay, so I'm, a, I'm already a bit crazy in the sense that like, I, I want to be the only person to do something. <laughs> I'm slowly realising now that, like, it's in, there's so many, like, panels. And obviously, you know, you're, I'm on a podcast called Coding Black Females. But I just feel like, it's to me, it's, it's not really a niche to, like, be working in tech. Mm. And I think there's so much around. And I saw, like, a joke TikTok about, like, um, how people who... Are, are in tech on and be like yeah so i work in tech do you want to know how i got into tech yeah so this is the journey about how i got into tech and you just end up saying tech 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 without really saying anything mm. and so i think that that as tech grows and obviously as something grows there's a lot more like kind of as you said fintech or like consumer tech or like entertainment tech i just think there needs to be maybe a bit more like specialization because i don't think everyone in tech does the same thing and so i think when you say like you're women in tech or you're black women in tech or you're just someone in tech you're not really to me you're not really saying anything Mm. that's Mm. interesting what do you guys think so this is a complicated one because um tech is actually an industry and so for example i could work for a bank as a software engineer and i wouldn't necessarily um, it'd be interesting to be to, to be seen as a woman in finance Mm. you see what i'm yeah, saying not, because not, finance yeah. is the industry but my job is a technical job which yeah. isn't like a a financial kind of job so for tech it's almost like i could be working in hr at a tech company and i'm a woman in tech yeah mm. and it's kind of misleading in a way because because tech is again i'm using the word sexy because <laughs> it is seen as a quite sexy thing right now or like 
people want to get into technical roles and in the tech industry, but what does that really mean? Are you talking about learning how to code to land a technical role? Or are you looking into to be part of something in an industry that is booming? Yeah. Because like, um, everyone seems to know that tech companies are the ones that are more likely to pay more relative to like other sort of industries. Yeah. And it's quite... I think this is very, very complicated because a lot of people are kind of exploiting the fact that people are looking to get into tech yeah. and they're like charging people like, this is how I got into tech and how you can get into tech. Buy my ebook. Buy my yeah. ebook. Buy my coaching yeah. sessions. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's just a bit, well, what, what really, there's nothing really here. Yeah, mm. because I think what you said, I don't think if you worked in HR in JP Morgan, you would say you're in banking. Yeah. Mm. Like you would say you're in, in HR. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. But at the other, at the, on the other side, I'm like, at the same time, I do love the fact that, you know, I think the f- idea that you have to be technical to work in tech, I don't love that assumption. Yeah, and so either. I'm all for, you know, expanding what, what working in tech really means, like to get kind of more people in and to make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like when we when we have those conversations or when you're doing a course on how to like get into tech when really this could be how to get into kind of any job. And like when I again, I was working in technology PR, but I was working in PR. I, mm. I wouldn't say I was working in tech because mm. I I wasn't. Mm. That wasn't where like my skill set lay. But I also think that is like specialized technology PR consultants who have specialized skills are not just how to do PR, but how to do PR in a technology sense. So difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a really complicated one. And I think no matter what industry industry you're in, there's always a barrier. Like um, when I was trying to get into finance, I was watching a lot of videos on how I got my first role in finance and things like that, because it, it's, it's quite a daunting process to go from secondary school, you're kind of just like, no, doing my GCSEs and then you go on to do A-levels and all of a sudden you have to write a personal statement and like, oh, I need to do a CV. What should I put on my CV? Mm. And you're at university and you're kind of doing your degree and like, oh, but what do I put on my CV? And so it gets to the third year and you're like, I have no idea how to make myself stand out. Like, there's all these like applications for this role and I really want it. How am I going to be one of 30? And there's also all the people you're up against are people that are saying, since I was five, yeah. I've wanted to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so I think like in general, it's quite hard for people to land roles in like industries. But right now, because we're in tech as well, we see it a lot more. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's been almost a shift since the pandemic happened and people empowering themselves by learning how to code. Yeah. Like, because they had like a lot of free time like me and jesse we both um learned how to coach in the pandemic and landed our roles by what 2021 in the end so uh, i think it's a really really difficult it is difficult but i love that meme on twitter where it's like oh my mum managed to log into her wi-fi <laughs> black women in tech <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's loads of jokes about it but i think like it's more concerning the fact that people are exploiting it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the dangerous side because but then th- there's also the other side of that where people are gatekeeping it and like someone's celebrating the fact they've yes. just got their first tech role and then someone's like, well, you're not in tech. Yeah. And then that's like, oh, but, but then, you know, that, that, that's yeah. their way of, that's like their definition of it. So we can let them have like, uh, yeah, it's a trick yeah. one. Yeah, it's a trick yeah. one. Definitely. And I think that's where I check myself because as I said, because I, I want to be the only person doing something. Wait, why? <laughs> no, as in, that's, I, I'm just like, it's, it's probably like, not like I, I don't really believe in like star signs and stuff like that, but it's definitely like a personality 
thing. What star sign are you? I'm a Capricorn. Okay. But okay. I have like a Leo rising or something, um, whatever. But um, <laughs> I think naturally, I just, I just not, not that I want to be the only person doing something, but I like being different. Like I like having something that is different. But I think the older I get, the more I realize that the things that we think make us different you're not like you're not as unique as you yeah. as you think you are as mm. it's, it's it's weird things that will make you unique it's not because you work in tech yeah Do you know exactly. what i mean like that also isn't a personality trait and i think the people that are gatekeeping it may like put their whole personality in that the same mm. way like i was speaking to my friend that like went to cambridge and i was like i forgot you went to cambridge because you're not saying i went to cambridge before yeah. you say hello yeah um <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. so i i think it's things like that but i think in, in my note i kind of said you know the thing from the incredibles where it's like um if everyone's super no one's super like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's now a norm right yeah yeah, yeah. it's like you can't really have a superpower if everyone has it and now it's just like oh we have this thing and it's like normal yeah you know yeah mm. But I don't, I, I think it doesn't really matter. I think what you said, like whenever anything really matters is when there's like harm being done. And mm. I think that can be done on both sides, whether yes. someone's being like gatekeeped or whether someone's like exploiting. Cause it's weird. Cause I've, I've spoken on panels and like, like black women in tech panels and they kind of ask questions like, you know, how does it feel to be a black woman in tech? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I've been in spaces throughout my life where I have been the only black person or black woman and I don't really see that like mm -hmm. in my company like because it's just it's global so most of the people I work with are in Egypt so like I'm an, I'm a minority in my team that says I'm the only black woman but then also the only white guy is also a minority because he's not Egyptian because mm. there's like out of the six of us four are Egyptian so I'm not going to kind of make it seem like I have to struggle so much Mm -hmm. And like, and I understand that there are kind of, it depends what company you work for, right? And like kind of what environment you are in. So I wouldn't put that on anything, but I cannot go on a panel and talk about how much like I had to struggle because that just hasn't been my experience. Whereas like, if I look at the HR element of my company, then they, they are minorities there. Mm. So I think it's it's really interesting. Like just when we look at the conversations we're having and how, it's quite easy to say, okay, I'm a black woman in tech and like I have to like knock down really barriers and all of that stuff where it might differ but depending on whether you have a technical role or whether you are like working with people because I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm like, either your code works or it doesn't. <laughs> so like if something, if, if something is like, like that, like it's either a yes or a no, you can't actually say that because I'm black, like my code works less if it's working. Mm. So I find it, I don't know, I've never really found it to be like a thing, but I'm interested to hear what you So think. when I went to my first Women in Tech event, they were saying that even for, so open source is basically when you're contributing to software. What is it? Uh, open source software and, yeah. and, and open source development is like uh, open source software is software that anybody can contribute to and is usually yeah. free. And so when you're contributing to open source software, it's usually like volunteers and people who are doing it in their free time. Yeah, exactly. And um, at a women in tech event, you're saying that um, most women like their code are more like the code is more likely to be harshly criticized and they're not seen as a real coder. And like guys mess up and code all the time. 
and it's like it's not seen as oh you're not meant to be in this industry but it's almost like sometimes when a woman is contributing it's it's, it's more harshly criticized because it's such a male-dominated industry even though for me my experience hasn't been that my yeah. experience has been i'm the only woman i haven't had to experience that and sometimes it's refreshing to hear stories like from black women to say I'm actually not the only one. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be our experience. Yeah. But I also have friends who are literally the only women on their team. Yeah. And I can't imagine that. Like, some of the big brains are, like, women. Yeah. Like, in my team. And it's so empowering to see that because before I landed a role in tech, I kind of thought, why is there so much work being done in this industry to get more women? Because I'm surrounded by women yeah. who know how to mm-hmm, code. Mm-hmm. And then until I land my first role, and again, because in a virtual environment, I can't see mm. everyone else. Yeah. So I can just see my team, and my team, there are a lot of female um, developers. Yeah. yeah. But I also think that's part of the reason why it's such an attractive space that everybody wants to pivot to, because it's not like some of the more archaic industries where, like, finance, for example, is more... Well, I don't know if it is more, but I, I can see that the attraction of going to tech is that it is a more, like, progressive area to go yeah. into. Mm-hmm. Um, there are less rules and barriers to entry in, in most cases. Don't That's you think? interesting yeah, because I, I think there are a lot of barriers to entry to get into, what, especially to technical other roles. Okay. Because remember, mm. okay, for tech, right, I can know how to code perfectly in React, but you want me to do leak code interviews, mm. learn data structures and algorithms, mm. have all these rhetorical things going on in the interview process. And I'm not, the thing is, like, for graduate schemes, it's almost the equivalent of being able to do the psychometric tests. Yeah. Mm. The psychometric tests have nothing to do with the role. Yeah. Is that what you did? Psychometric? Mm. Nah. Nah. But I'm I know I know yeah, I yeah. know them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, no, sorry. Yeah. S- sorry, but it's just like you have to pass them or it's like you're not gonna get the right and it's like I could have been co- there's people online who say they've been coding for ten years and it wouldn't pass yeah. an interview to get the same role that they're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really tough. That's that's, that's what I was kind of ranting on a bit about yeah. before. But I think that, like, um, on a kind of different note, I was having a conversation with this girl who we went to uni, but she's went to uni together because I worked first. She's, like, the mm-hmm. year above me in the Vodafone grad scheme. And we were just talking about how uh, we both went to girls' schools. And I think it com- it's just, like, had such a positive effect on, like, how I view the world. Like, mm-hmm. I know that there are, like, barriers against women. I don't even think that's a question, let alone black women. But because in, like, my primary years, that wasn't what I was seeing. Yeah. I wasn't competing um, to be, like... I wasn't competing against other women, as a sense. I was competing... I wanted to be the smartest in my class, for example. Yeah. Everyone was a woman, so it didn't... There was no, like, sexism. Sexism couldn't, like, play a role. Mm-hmm. And I just think... I could be in the most, like, racist, most misogynistic company. I don't wish that on myself and I don't wish that on anyone. But you're not going to make me small and you're not going to make me forget what I know and what I know that I can do. And I know that that is such a privilege to be able to say that. And I was having a conversation with, like, some colleagues and how you literally just have to walk in with the confidence of a white male because, you know, that people may be thinking, and I don't... And I don't I think they actually think it as well. Mm-hmm. I think if they actually challenge themselves, they'll be like, you know what? I don't think that a woman is less smart because mm-hmm. it's like, how can you act? Like, how can you actually <laughs> think that? It doesn't make sense. But I think, given you can't change what people are thinking, but right? you can't change people's perspectives. All you can change really is what you do. And in saying that, don't put yourself in an environment like, as I said, I was able to think this about myself because of the environment that I surrounded myself in and the school I went to. So. 
if an environment is making you feel small, then I think that's that's not great and that's something you should look at leaving. But I think if you can know these truths about yourself and the confidence that you carry yourself, it's easier said than done. 100%. And it takes practice. And then it takes like, I don't know if you've seen the video of, of Rihanna where she's like, they're like, how are you so confident? Yeah. She's like, pretend. Like, what do you do on days when you don't feel as confident? Literally pretend, like fake it. Don't even fake it till you make it because you're not faking it. It's there. You just have to continue to remind yourself. Efe, thank you so much for joining us on Glowing in Tech. We really appreciated you having you on. And sharing your story. So for our listeners, where can we find out more about you and where can we follow you and continue to follow your journey? Um, uh, my journey, probably LinkedIn, mm-hmm, if, uh, Jomo. Yeah. if you want to know about me, I don't put much of my journey on my Instagram, but it's um, <laughs> fe.oj and my podcast is The Motion um t-h-e-m-o-t-i-o-n underscore i'm sure you can spell motion but you know no no it's great it's great and we'll put it all in the show notes as well fantastic cool thank you again thanks for hearing my rambles (laughs) (laughs) it's been fun cool and that's the wrap of part two of the glowing in tech podcast thank you so much for listening be sure to tune in next week we'll have a special guest and to find out who that special guest is be sure to follow us on socials at glowing in tech on instagram twitter and tiktok if you're on youtube please make sure to like comment and subscribe let us know your thoughts if you're on spotify turn on that bell notification so you can be notified every time we release a new episode and if you're on apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review we'd love to hear your thoughts so yeah See you next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.